Hey everyone, I'm Jonathan Grzbowski and this is a Blind Entrepreneurship bonus episode brought to you by Penji, a podcast that helps entrepreneurs and business professionals execute their vision to profitability. On this week's episode, we are highlighting an interview from Penji's Masterclass series with a chat with uh, Ronell Richards, who is an entrepreneur and business coach. Uh, Ronell has been on his entrepreneurial journey for 25 years and has experienced more than most. He talks about combating entrepreneur fairy tales, what makes a great leader, investing in your team, and building relationships of value. I think after listening to this conversation live, on every uh, Tuesday, we do these Penji Masterclasses. And so head over to Penji, uh, facebook.com forward slash dot D-O-T Penji uh, in order to listen in live. And the conversation goes really deep. And it's a lot of layers and layers and layers and just deep conversations and deep thought. And I, and I hope the reason why I labeled this conversation combating entrepreneur fairy tales is because we do combat that and we do live in the fairy tale for a large majority of our entrepreneurial careers and how to get over that and, and how to assess that and analyze that I think is incredibly valuable and incredibly important. So I, I hope you enjoy this episode. Um, as always, please reach out at any time and connect with me directly through social media uh, under the uh, tagline uh, or the the username Grisbowski J, or head over to tbeshow.com and drop a comment and tell me what your thoughts are. Catch you next Monday, everybody. Until then, go out there and execute your vision. Have a great rest of your day. Good morning, everybody. Thank you for joining us on today's Penji Masterclass. The topic for today is mistakes that entrepreneurs make and how to fix them. And I'm joined by the incredible Ronnell Richards uh, from Atlanta, Georgia, and he will be joining us on today's Masterclass um, just to talk a little bit about his entrepreneurial journey and some of the mistakes that he's had to face and how he's been able to avoid a lot of the pitfalls of entrepreneurship. So at this time, I'll allow Ronell to introduce himself in full because he said he has a lot of titles and he does a lot of things. So he will be able to best tell you uh, who he is and what he does. Ronell? Well, good morning. And first, thank you very much for the invitation. I'm pretty stoked to, <laughs> to join you and your audience this morning. Thank so you. as far as I, I'm not, I'm not one that's, that's much for titles. I've been an entrepreneur for nearly 20 years. Mm -hmm. um, I currently... I don't know. I guess you you could call me about seven different things right, right now. But, you know, we currently have a, a telecom sales master agency um, that I own. Um, also, I'm a, a podcast where we have a very successful podcast called Business and Bourbon, okay. which is also a show and a live event that we travel across the country as well. Um, yeah, I mean, I've kind of done a lot of stuff. I'm not I'm, I'm not I'm not the that great at tooting my own horn, but. Right. Again, 20 years in entrepreneurship, there's very few things that I've, I've not seen. Uh, I do a lot of sales workshops, entrepreneurial coaching, entrepreneurial mentoring as well. Um, kind of do a lot of stuff with this. I'm, I'm, I'm privileged and, and kind of blessed to be in a position to where I've put in a lot of work and people appreciate that and I, they pay me for it. Yeah. Pretty dope, right? Absolutely. <laughs> you said you've been an entrepreneur for a long time. How did your journey actually start? What was your first business? Your Did you have any regular jobs before that that taught you uh, some of the things that you needed to know? How did the journey start for you? Great question. Great question. So my journey starts from, it's funny, I actually did a podcast last 
night in Australia, right? And I was asked a similar question. And um, yeah, I was kind of born and bred for this thing. My, my parents were entrepreneurs. So I was that kid that was working the cash register at seven and eight years old. I'm the, I was taking deposits to the bank. I, I learned what an add-on cell was be, before I, I, I knew how to, <laughs> how, to, how to play video games, things like that. So growing up in that environment, really is what um, was the foundation for for me becoming an entrepreneur. Um, I started my first official company in, geez, that would have been two, no, 99, in 99. And my first business was a, it's a, as a diamond wholesaler. Wow. Imagine mm. that. So yeah, I told you a lot of different things. Yeah. <laughs> isn't it? Isn't it? Well, I started my sales career in the, the diamond industry. So um, it was it was a natural fit from there. Now we've evolved in, into technology. I got into technology in 2001, and all of my I've done a lot in the technology space, um, all sales and marketing. So at my heart, I'm a sales guy. So and, and and the thing with sales is whether it's diamonds or whether it's technology, the, the principles are the same, right? The principles are about building relationships, building relationships, making friends, and that's something that I've been really good at. So you asked me about my first business and and um, whether I was working or another job. Yes, I was working, right? Because mm. you know, and building a business is is hard. <laughs> it takes time to yeah. takes a lot of time to invest in it, and you have responsibilities. So just like a lot of folks that are out there that are are side hustling, hey, I, I was side hustling before side hustling was a thing, mm. right? Because that's what you have to do. It's called just doing whatever it takes to be successful. So. You know, there was a point in my entrepreneurship journey where I had two other jobs in addition to my business, but I did what I had to do to keep the business afloat, keep the business going. Because, you know, one of the keys to being successful in business is if you have enough time, first of all, you can't be a dumbass. This is established that, right? You got to have some basic understanding of what it is that you're getting into and, and be good at the basic understanding about the business that you're getting into provide some good, provide good service, provide value, then have time. So you got to hang in there because it's going to take for at least two years to start turning that corner. You got to hang in there. And so through the, during that two year period, you got to do whatever it takes to make sure you, you, you're keeping a, a food in your mouth and, and taking care of your responsibilities. Right. So yeah. that's what I did. And that's what I've always done. And that journey didn't end at that point because business is cyclical. It goes and it goes in waves. So it's like this. So there, there are certain sometimes when you're flush with cash and everything's awesome. And then there are times when you're not and you got to make sacrifices and you got to do whatever it takes. What were, what were some of the sacrifices that you were most surprised you had to make uh, throughout your journey so far? Ooh, surprised. You know, my foundation is a little bit different than most. So um, I'll tell you this, early on in my entrepreneurial journey, it's always been about um, paying the cost, right? So I never really looked at things as sacrifice. I looked at them as what I needed to do to earn that success, right? Success is something that's earned. It's not something that's given to you. So I kind of looked at it like, a boy scout or a girl scout looks at merit badges. You know what I'm saying? Like you, you walk that old lady across the street and you got your merit badge for doing that. 
So the equivalent in, in entrepreneurship is, man, I had to rob Peter to pay Paul this month. You know, I had to, I, I had to, you know, whatever. There, there are tons of sacrifices that we make on, on a daily basis. So um, for me, in terms of any sacrifice that was surprised, not really a sacrifice that was surprised. What more surprised me, I think, and I, and I still deal with to this day, having been someone that's been in entrepreneurship for nearly two decades and um, had lots of employees, several offices, all those sorts of things, is the challenges in, in leadership, right? Um, I, I, was, I was raised to be a servant leader, and I'll never get away from that. But I'll share with you just a recent experience that I had. Here's, here's the thing with, with being a servant leader, which is, is what I consider myself, and I'm, I'm never going to get away from that, is there comes, there's going to come a time when someone's going to break your heart, okay? <laughs> just like in a relationship, someone's going to break your heart. Because as a servant leader, you put a lot into your employees, you put a lot into your people, and um, they don't always appreciate that, which is okay, Right. You have, to, you have to understand that no one's ever going to be quite as vested as you. And they're not going to understand right. your journey because your journey is not their journey. However, there will be some, there'll be that one, there'll be that two where you put a whole lot into and they're going to break your heart. They're mm. going to turn around and, and do a Judas to you, something like that, right? Do you have but, an example of what you mean by that? Obviously, you don't say, you know, who or what. Absolutely. But, yeah, like, yeah. So, um, yeah, I'll give you a very specific example recent example for me um with an, an employee a former employee that um i invested a lot of energy and time into because that's just what i do and being in a, being in the sales field uh you have to develop people so this person i i took super raw super raw from a, a bad sales environment where they taught really bad tactics right brought them into my environment coached them up over the course over the course of, of several years, coached them up, made them a good solution seller, um, got them the position that they're currently in, right? Like because when when I commit to people, I really commit, right? I really want them to, to be successful. So um, anyway, I found out recently recently that this person has been kind of uh, spreading rumors and saying some negative things of, yeah, was about, you know, the former company, about about me and so that's something that you can take personal right mm -hmm. and so you have to as a leader you have to think, okay how am i going to respond to that well there's a couple different ways like the first way is like oh screw that person like you know i'm going to call them i'm going to tell them about themselves no you're you know or you keep it moving mm -hmm. you know the best the, the best way to um to address stuff like that is to continue to, su to succeed continue to rise continue to do your thing right and so um, I look at it as though for every one of those people, there's 10 on the other side that are super grateful and super thankful mm -hmm. for everything that I, that I put into them, right? And know that they're a better person for having come through my doors and worked for me and worked with me and partnered with me. So yeah. that's what I choose to focus on. Um, the other ones, yes, it's, it's like any pain in business because there's going to be a lot of pain. It's going to be a lot of pain. You have to really uh, develop the ability to process it and let it go, you know? And so that's, these, these are the things that I talk a lot about on my platform, Business and Bourbon. Yeah. So Business business and Bourbon is, it's a top 200 IT, or Apple iTunes podcast right now. Um, it's a live event that we travel around 
we're going our next stop will be Toronto and a television show that's in development. So we've got a television show, a pilot that we're about to shoot. And really what I do in that is really share real entrepreneurial facts, right? So, so we've coined this phrase, it's called entrepreneur porn. Okay. So what entrepreneur porn is, is this is all of this, everything that we're, we're inundated with on a daily basis, whether it's the 60 second Gary V pick or, or clips, or it's the shark tank or things that make to get people really an unrealistic view of what entrepreneurship is, right? But it gets you hyped up, gets you excited. Oh yeah, I'm gonna go quit my job and start a company mm. tomorrow. But it doesn't give you an honest, real perspective of what it is that you're about to you're about right. to embark on, right? And so what I'm doing on all my platforms is combating entrepreneur porn, right? And so mm. we educate using people like myself that have been there, that have done that, we share and we share honestly and authentically so that people can grow and people can be educated, right? And it's not because I want to poo-poo your dreams. No, go, I want you to dream. I want you to succeed, but you'll never be successful if you don't really understand what it is that you're up against, right? It's like this. I look at it like this. You look at the, all of the success coaches out there and, with, and, and for the record, Gary Vee, I think, is a, le- a legit dude. I've got no, no qualms with, with, uh, with him, but I just feel that the way that his marketing team distributes stuff, which has made him extremely successful, is in a way that, that promotes entrepreneurial porn. It is what it is. But anyway, you look at the guys like Gary Vee and, 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 and Grant Cardone, and what they're kind of like is they're kind of like that, that coach, right? You ever seen a movie like, let's say you remember the Titans or something mm-hmm. like that, right? You've seen a movie like that, right? Mm-hmm. And so you've always got the, the pregame coach speech, right? Where the coach is in the, the locker room and we're going to go get them and you guys are amazing and you're great. You're going to make this happen. So, so follow me on this. What if all you ever heard was pregame coach speech? <laughs> That's what these guys do. It's right. always pregame coach speech. That's it. That's it. Well, you know, what makes a coach successful is not the pregame coach speech. It's making your ass run laps. It's making you do ladders. It's making you do all the things that are hard, that are going to prepare you and going to make you successful in that field of play. So that's what I do. I'm that coach. I'm that coach that's going to make you run ladders. I'm that coach that's <laughs> going to tell you, that's going to make you do 10, 10 more push-ups that you don't want to do. Why? Because I understand that that's what it's going to take for you to win. That's what it's going to take for you to be successful. Right. And then I'm going to give you the pregame speech, too. But I'm not going to give that to you without giving you the skills that you need to really be successful. Got you. Got you. You, you talked about uh, developing your, your talent and your previous employees, uh, specifically in sales. And you also said that you're a natural salesperson. I always thought sales was something that you kind of either have it or you don't. So can you develop into a better salesperson? Um, and how, what are some of the key strategies that someone needs to, or key tricks or whatever it is to become a better salesperson? So great question. And so I feel that, you know, there are people out there that sales salesmen are born. Uh, I I will say it's just like any other, like a sport. I like sports analogies. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of people with talent, right? And if you are, did you play any sports? Uh, I ran track for a while. <laughs> Didn't All right, for a while. All right. So, <laughs> all right. So here's the thing. Here's the thing in sports. So you have people that have natural talent, 
mm-hmm. right? But what happens is that these people get passed up just from the simple skill aspect. Aspect. There will be people that are less talented, but are just, they've spent more time on the skill, more time on the technique, like as a basketball player or a soccer player. They spent more time putting in the grind, developing their game, and they will pass up the more talented player, right? Sales is the same way. Like there's certain pe- people have um, some natural charisma, right, about them or you know, so, something that makes them more palatable to people. Maybe it's how they look. Maybe it's right. their, the, how they present. It's things that are natural, right? But who gives a rip if you're not bringing value? Right. If you don't know how to bring value, that will never be sustainable and you can't build a successful sales business off of that. So people that are less naturally talented will surpass you and be successful because they understand that sales and being a successful seller is largely about bringing value. It's about being a good listener, understanding what matters to your customer, understanding what matters to your client and bringing value. So if all I bring is oh, a pretty face, you know what? Gotta get you some stuff, but it won't make you a successful long-term. That's not something that's sustainable. So the people that are really successful in sales are the people that you'd be surprised about. They're not. Have you ever seen the the movie um, Boiler Room? Are you familiar with that? No. Okay, a lot of your viewers probably are. Um, I hate it. (laughs) I hate it because it's it's one of these movies where it's like, it's all about flash. It's all about, um, you know, fast talking, fast talking and closing deals and driving Lamborghinis. Here's the reality about successful sales. It's pretty boring. Successful salesperson, a successful seller, it's really about, hey, what matters to you? Let me understand what matters to you. Let me understand what's important to you. Not, it's not about me. It's about you. Once I understand what's important to you, once I understand what matters to you, I craft my solution to meet your needs. It's an art form, okay? It's an art form. So one of the things as a, as a lifetime, so which by the way, I'm celebrating in October 25 years, or 25 years as a professional salesman. Wow. So one of the things that... Um, I like to, to talk to people about it. Sells, it's 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 an art form, right? This is not something that um, you just show up and throw up, so to speak, right? Like there are people that do that. There are people that do, but they're not. They will never be successful long term. Never. Very short term success. If you want to be successful long term, work on the skill set. And what's the most important thing in the skill set is really understanding your value. And being able to articulate your value to the customer. It's not about trickery. It's not about sleight of hand. It's about you have a problem. I understand your problem. You may not even know you have a problem, but I got to be able to articulate to you this is your problem. This is your concern. This is something that's a concern of you. And this is how I can fix it. This is how I can address it. And then be there. Fulfill what you've promised. Be there and stay there and, and provide them good service and they'll stay with you forever. And that's mm-hmm. that's how you become a good salesperson. Is was there ever a time where uh you wanted to give up or you just felt like the setbacks were too much for you? Um and what did you do to push pu- push past that? Yes, last week, yesterday, <laughs> every tomorrow. <day. laughs> yeah, it's just a natural, it's it's just part of it. Um yeah. this is not easy and it's not it's not for <laughs> It's not something to be taken lightly, but here's the thing. You're going to, you're going to come across those moments a lot of times, right? But if your focus is right and your motives are right, 
as soon as that happens, you'll have something else that happens that reinforces why you're doing this, why you're going, why, why you're, you're going through what you're, what you're going through. And it has to be more than money. It has to be more than money. It has to be more than material things because that stuff is fleeting. It's fleeting. I'm an entrepreneur because I'm a boss. This is what I do. This is who I am. It's part of my being, right? Like, um, if, if I was making nothing, I'd be doing this. And trust me, I've made nothing <laughs> plenty of times, right? So um, it, your motivation has to be bigger than that. Your motivation has to be, I, I'll tell you, one of the things I tell people is independence and freedom. That's what, if you're, if you're focused on the right things, that's what you should be focused on. Like, that's what entrepreneurship gives me. That's what it's given me is the ability to make my own decisions, is the ability to be there for my friends and family when they need me and want to be around, right? Um, that is more valuable than anything. Freedom, right? Yeah. Like people have died for it. <laughs> people are dying right now for that. So not to make it heavy, but that's what our focus should be. But So if your focus is on Hey, look, I see this stuff on Instagram. I see this. Stuff. I mean, I want a Lamborghini. I want a Lamborghini. See, let me tell you something. As a guy that's owned several exotic cars, this stuff comes and goes. And as soon as you get it, you just, it does, it's a hole you can never fill. And trust mm -hmm. me, I, I'm not, I don't say this as someone that is like holier than now or like I'm so much more enlightened. I don't like nice stuff. I got mm -hmm. lots of nice stuff. And I just been down that road al already. Right. I went and got the nice stuff. And then, you know, that's something that, um, in business, you are always at risk. Mm -hmm. You're always at risk. You have a lot of liability, mm -hmm. and so which what, what means which means that those things can go just as easy as they've come, right. or hard. Some of these are not easy. They're very hard to, to to accomplish those things and get those things, but they can go like that. And when they do, now what? You know. So again, I would say that as an entrepreneur make sure that your focus is on something bigger than than these tangible material things yeah one of the the biggest misconceptions i think i see on social media is when people say uh, when you start your own business you no longer have to work for anybody uh, which i think is untrue because you'll always have to answer to your customers your your audience uh, your team members etc so can you kind of dispel that myth that people think that if you quit a job and start your own business, then you're completely 100% free. And I, I just don't think that's the case. So I don't think that's the case either. In, in, in fact, you have far more responsibility than you had before, right? So yeah. um, th that does mean there are more people to answer to. So when you become a boss out in the entrepreneur world, well, all those people that work for you, like their lives depend on you. Mm -hmm. Their families depend on you you work for them the decisions that you make are going to affect people's lives right like in the corporate world well there's always a finger to point mm -hmm. corporate world if i gotta if, if i gotta sit down with you and say hey look you know sorry things are tight i gotta let you go you know what i can say i said well you know it comes from up top ah, i'm just i'm just mm -hmm. the messenger <laughs> but when you are the messenger right when it is your decision right it's it's huge right and they know it so in terms of not working for anyone, no, you work for everyone. You work for your, instead of not working for anyone, you work for everyone. You work for your family, you work for your employees, you work for the bank, 
<laughs> All those things, you know what I'm saying? So yes, I would agree with you. Let, let's let's dispel that myth. Now, what it does give you is it does give you freedom and independence to make decisions, but not, but it doesn't relieve you of accountability. Mm-hmm. I think that's what you people can make are, are looking for. Yeah, they they want to be relieved of the responsibility that they think come uh, comes with having a job and having to answer to someone above them, but. I feel like it's like you said, it's way more. Ah, great point. Yeah. Great point. Yeah. In fact, it's far more accountability than you'll ever have mm-hmm. as a, as a corporate employee ever. Yeah. So for me, the reason why it's a natural fit for me is I was always that guy that wanted, um, as a kid, I wanted the responsibility. Mm-hmm. I wanted to be the leader. I wanted to, I wasn't afraid of it. Mm-hmm. Most importantly, I wasn't afraid of the negative that comes with it. Okay. Accountability. That's where a lot of people are missing. Like everyone wants to be able to tell people what to do, but do you want to be responsible for when that decision is wrong? Mm-hmm. Are, and are you going to step out and take accountability for making that decision? Mm-hmm. No, a lot of people don't want that. They just want right. to be able to say, oh, I tell you what to do. Right. Mm-hmm. But they don't want the other side. That's something I always embrace. Mm-hmm. I have no problem with that. And I have no problem with that to this day. Mm-hmm. Like I don't have to be right all the time. Mm-hmm. I don't. But, um, I'm right most of the time. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> what are, what are, what are uh, three things you think uh, makes a good leader? I think a boss is different than a leader. So Absolutely. What do you boss think manage, makes a good leader? A boss manages tasks. Mm-hmm. Um, a leader is in the trenches. Um, a leader is selfless. Um, a leader makes the tough decisions, right? A leader knows when in the toughest decision for a leader to, to, to make a couple of things for, for a leader to, to say is no, mm. no, yes is easy. It's easy. And that's what a lot of bosses, that's what a lot of managers do. Yes, 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 right? No is super hard, especially when you are the boss of bosses, right? Because people aren't going to understand that. And that no that you're, you're, that you're saying um, is in their best interest and they don't, get it a lot of times and you have to accept that and be okay with that so um it's always it's always team it's always we and not me and so for me that's why when you ask me about bio and everything like that's that's literally one of the hardest things for me for me to do and always has been i'll, I'll let you in on something you asked me for a bio my bio prior to this interview mm-hmm. and the bio i sent you i didn't write it I'm horrible at writing, but I have a copywriter that did it because I just don't, I don't get down like that. It's right. difficult for me to pat myself on the back and say, oh, I did all this. Yeah, I done a bunch of stuff, ah, but like, I'm, I've never been comfortable in that. So I, I, I would think the biggest thing, you asked me through it, the biggest thing is the is leaders are we and not me, right? And a big misconception in that is that that means you just, you care deeply for everyone. No, but yeah, thinking we is bigger than the individual as well. It's bigger than the individual. Sometimes you have to make a decision, decisions about individuals that they're not going to like, and that, but it's in the best interest of the collective. That's what leadership is about. You know? Yeah, definitely. How has a failure or setbacks actually made you better? Because I'm sure you've had some failed businesses in the past or failed ventures. How have they made you better? No, no, nothing's failed. I'm the golden boy. <laughs> Never took an L? 
never taken, never, <laughs> never lost, never lost. <laughs> so check this out. So um, I closed the company in 2017 that I operated for 13 years. And it was the most devastating experience of my life. There's my baby. And what came from that is growth that I hadn't experienced for the decade prior to that. So I was in my own cocoon. It's in my own world. Um, the A big fish in a small pond, right? And the last few years, I just felt like I wasn't growing intellectually. I wasn't, I'm the guy that everyone comes to for answers. I have the answer for everything. Um, my personal circle was basically just people that worked for me, right? And so having gone through that traumatic event and having to kind of have to figure out, okay, what's, what's next? What's my next venture? I created a new network. I created a new network of peers and people that were, that were as smart or smarter than me, right? To challenge me. And um, that, that's been a game changer. I've grown more in the last couple of years than I did in the previous, the previous 10 years, right? And so that's, there's that old cliche that you got to put smart people around you, people that are smart, but that's much harder. It's much harder than it sounds, you know, because especially when you're a leader, when you're a leader and you're um, very driven, it's hard to find people that are as driven as you are. Right. And so the people that are around you end up following you. I'm, I'm one of those people in Romeo that says, I'm in business, Jared Pennington. Jared, good to meet you. you. I'm about to leave. Sorry to interrupt. Please um, You know, the highs and lows are absolutely crazy. I have the anxiety, the depression, then the euphoria. And I'm not even like bipolar, but I feel like I am running my own business. Let's talk. Do you know who I am? Uh, you no, sir. I'm glad to meet you. Ron L. Richards, but I'll, I'll connect with you and, and you'll find out. And we'll talk. This, this is how it works. <laughs> Live. Hey guys, this is what happens. So what? Jared, so good. I'm doing an Insta, a Facebook Live interview. So no, Jared, thank you so much. I'll connect with you, dude. So 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 that's that's what it's about. Okay. So um, the, the Ronell R O N N. Google me, Ronell Richards. R O N N E L L. Ronell. Yeah. All right. No, you're good. So, so, and back to you. <laughs> Hi, guys. Um, so, so when you're driven like that and you're creating business, a lot of times you don't, um, you don't have people around you that are as driven, right? And, and, and your personality is so strong that people are driven to you to follow you, right? And so they follow you. Problem is you get down the road 10, 10 years <laughs> down the road and you're like, hey, everybody's following me. And like, I don't know where I'm I going. got nobody. Well, I got nobody to to, to influence me mm. and to help lead me and to take me to, to the next level and to take mm. me to the greater heights. So, and mm. going through that, I um, changed a lot. We created the business and bourbon platform. Um, I became very active on social media, on LinkedIn in particular, and and as as a as I started to put myself out there started building a tribe, a tribe of people like me, a, tri a tribe of people that with similar experiences that are, that are super smart. And so I've created this nice tight little group of people that um, I can go to for advice on different things and that are helping and we help each other to take it to the next level. So that, that when you talk about failure and learning from 
first of all, failure is a bullshit word. It's not, there's no such thing. It's just, it's everything's, everything's learning. Everything is learning. There's no, there's no failure. There's just um, experiences, mm-hmm. you know? So you experience something and then you decide how you're, you're going to respond. Um, up until that particular experience, um, I never, ever really looked at anything as, as a failure at all, because it's just, as an entrepreneur, it's in your DNA to, to absorb everything and then know, okay, look, okay, that happened. How am I going to react? Right? How am I going to take this and make this a positive? Because it, there's always a, there's all, there's always a positive. You just have to look for it. What I mean by that is any every obstacle that, that comes your way, there's always an opportunity in that. Always, there always is. One door closes for maybe selling a certain product. And then you find another product that's that's a better fit, maybe for, for what it is that you're doing. Like there's there's always an opportunity in it. So you just have to keep your eyes open when those seemingly failures happen. Now, with all that said, failure um, or things that can be viewed as failure, these things that, that hit you, they hurt. And I'm not immune from them. Believe me, I'm not immune from them. And I've been hit in the, the gut. I've been sucker punched more times than I can count. But here's the difference between me and a lot of other people is I feel it, I absorb it, it hurts. And I have a little pity party at times. Mm-hmm. And then I get my ass up and I go do what I got to do. Mm. Yeah. Okay? You're, so you're also a, a entrepreneur coach or a business coach, I should say. Um, what are some of the biggest mistakes you see young entrepreneurs making? And how, maybe not how can they avoid them, but how can they pivot and adjust from those mistakes? Yeah, well, I, one of the biggest is... I mean, it all kind of t- it all ties into my platform, business and bourbon. So we're all ab- about educating people into the realities of what it is, that, of what our world is about. Okay. So the biggest mistake is just they don't understand what it is they're getting into. Mm-hmm. You know, they just it's they're, they're focused on on getting a, a Ferrari or Lamborghini and don't really understand what it's going to take to accomplish those things right. and what sort of challenges you're going to, you're going to have to deal with. Um, and so we live in a very transactional world. And so people tend to think things are much easier than they are and don't have the patience. Um, and, and trust me, when it comes to patience, I wasn't gifted with a lot of it, but what I do have is, dil- is diligence. <laughs> so I'm diligent and I'm consistent diligent and consistent and I will keep on going at it um so yeah I think that really not having a getting too caught up in in the things that would be entrepreneur porn mm-hmm. that's out there and not really understanding having a clear understanding of of what they're up against and so they quit they quit quit six months in quit nine, 90 days in quickly and and it takes with just about any business that I've ever seen minimum of two years to start turning that corner. Mm-hmm. And you explain all that on the, the platform. So are these interviews, are these, is it just you talking to an audience? How does it work? Live yeah, so, so here's how, here's how it works. So, so the podcast is the most amazing podcast you will ever hear in your life. <laughs> okay. The podcast is recorded live from, um, King and Duke, um, bar and restaurant here in Atlanta, which is an amazing venue. So what I do is I invite other entrepreneurs and business professionals onto the platform. They come into the bar. I don't do anything virtual, nothing virtual. Here's why. Because we're going to sit down, we're going to have a drink, 
and we're gonna have real talk, okay? I wanted to invite people into my world. This is something I've done for years. I sit down with people, with my peers or whatever, and we sit down, maybe it's after a long day, maybe we're on the road, we sit down, we go have some drinks, we have a meal, and then once, once that happens, that's when the magic starts. Everyone stops BSing. There's no posturing. There's no, hey, I'm smart. I'm rich. I got this. I got that. And it's all like real talk. Man, I don't know how I'm going to pay this bill next month. Mm. Man, I don't know. My family stressing me out. Man, I don't, stuff like that, right? Mm. And so that's what happens. That's why the podcast is recorded in that format. Mm-hmm. I bring people in that have interesting stories and wisdom. Wisdom. They have to have experience, wisdom. Mm-hmm. And then we share, right? And so that's from the pod, that's what we do on the podcast. Now the the live event, um, it's a it starts with the whiskey tasting, right? A whiskey and spirits tasting. Now, now here's the thing. Yes, I know there's a lot of whiskey in my stuff, a lot of booze, but there's a reason for that. And not everyone that attends is a drinker because it's all about the wisdom at the end of the day. But it's about comfortability. I want people to relax. I want them to let their guard down and be real. Okay. And so the event, it starts with a whiskey tasting. So we, I choose like three really cool spirits and then I'll bring in an expert to do a, an education on each one of those things. So people are tasting stuff, they're having a good time. And then I invite three other thought leaders, you know, and entrepreneurs, they can be entrepreneurs, they can be marketing professionals, all over the, all over the gamut. But what I require is that one, they have wisdom, they have experience, I got to vibe with them. They have to be people that, that have been there, done that, and have something to offer, mm-hmm. have something real to offer, not just new jacks who, got, who have social media followings. Do you, do you talk to them before the actual event or podcast, or is that the first time? Because you said you have to vibe with them. So do you, uh, yeah. do you know them at all, or is that the first time meeting on stage? Everyone, everyone that's on, in our event, I know. I meet okay. them. I mean, they're vetted out, right, yeah, yeah. Before, before the event. So when we do the event, um, they we curate questions our event coordinator curates questions from the audience prior to the event mm-hmm. they ask them different different questions about entrepreneurship whatever and then we answer them live and honest and unprepared unprepared mm-hmm. right okay so like no one gets the questions beforehand why because i want i want your honest right answer i don't want you to no i i get it there can be value in really thinking something out but you know what? I think the more you think about it, the more it sounds you're, rehearsed you're, and yes. you can tell. Yeah. I, and if this is your life, if this is what you do, it shouldn't be hard. Mm. Right. So you and I, we didn't prepare for this. You asked me questions. I'm answering. Them, uh, right? That's because one of my, my, my life is when people ask for the questions ahead of time for like a podcast or a webinar or something. Um, so I, I try not to do that uh, for that exact reason, because you want it to be organic. Um, and I've had people here before that have had notes up. And it just didn't feel the same energy. Like I can tell you're just naturally just talking and relaxed and enjoying yourself. And when, you know, it's, it's forced, it just doesn't, it's not the same energy. So uh, I agree. And so a lot of my platform and what we do in educating is I want, I want people to get authentic, real wisdom. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, um, so we do that. The second hour of it is that live Q and a, which is a super dope. People are learning a lot. People are there for the right reasons. Mm-hmm. And then the last hour is a mixer. And it's so powerful. It's so magical because when people come together for the right reasons, right? We mix in a little social lubricant, 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and we start the dialogue on our end with all the questions, with, with the Q&A, and then they continue it. And people don't want to leave. They're having a great time and they're doing business. Mm-hmm. So when people come to my event, when they come to a business and bourbon event, they're coming because they want to learn or they want to share. Okay, super important. Because mm-hmm. I hate, as a sales guy, a 25-year sales guy, you know what I hate? I hate networking events. Hate them. Hate <laughs> we them. all do, yeah. Hate them. Here's why. Because it's a bunch of people that show up and say, oh, here's my card. I want to sell you something. What can I sell you? What can I, you know, so a bunch of people that are coming to sell and not coming to, not coming to do business. One thing I make no bones about, and a lot of people that come to the events, I mean, they follow their followers of mine on social media. I'm about business. I want to do business. And so we shouldn't be ashamed to do business. If you're a seller, don't be ashamed to be a seller. Don't be ashamed. That's what's bringing us together. Right. And I do a lot on LinkedIn. It's not about, it's, it's about relationships, but it's about relationships that are founded on business. Mm-hmm. Right. So that's the foundation. And that that's the foundation for successful business relationships. So that's what we do with the live event. The next one is in Toronto. Um, we're scouting out our next cities after that. And it's really a fun time. People dig it. I've, this year we've done Atlanta. We've done, um, done Atlanta a couple of times. We've done Raleigh, North Carolina. We've done Missoula, Montana. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Missoula, Montana. And they were amazing crowd, amazing group of, of folks up there sold, sold out. So every one of our shows has been sold out thus far. Okay. So, um, awesome. but I think that's a testament to the, to my, my, uh, my team and that people are tired. Mm-hmm. People are tired of entrepreneur porn. Yeah. They get it. It's, it's just that it's like, and, and I maybe some sensitive beers out there, but it is what it is. Um, you know, entrepreneur porn is just like real pornography. That's not a real, that's not how real relationships mm-hmm. work. That's not how work relationships work. Like mm-hmm. relationships take work and they take, you know, honesty and vulnerability and also and that's what we do for entrepreneurs that's what i do for for entrepreneurs is mm-hmm. we, we're vulnerable we share and so that you understand fundamentally how what it takes to be a successful entrepreneur you said earlier that your your parents were entrepreneurs as well what's their story what did they do um so yeah it's a great question so i will tell you this my parents are are, are amazing and everything that I am is because they built me to be this way, right? The confidence that people see, all that comes comes from them. My parents were um, teen parents, okay? Your, your typical cliche, right? Teen parents built in, or, or raised and born in um, a rough area, right? So we come from Youngstown, Ohio, originally. This is a tough town. Um, and so as a kid, you know, they moved us out, out West, moved us out of, out of Youngstown and, and my dad started any business he could think of <laughs> anything. He was, he's very, always been super entrepreneurial. And so, um, whether it was really on the beauty supply and on the beauty salon or real estate, wow. um, it created toys created <laughs> had a business doing photo album books for a while. there's a lot of mm. a lot of different things but that's what I grew up in so there was always something entrepreneurial in the house and mm-hmm. 
my mother, um, my mother, she just instilled confidence. She was my biggest cheerleader and she is to, to this day. So um, having my dad as that entrepreneurial leader and not being afraid to take risks. Um, so truth of the matter is, is I'm a pretty risk averse person in real life. Like I've been, I'm, I've, as a kid, I was a scared, what, what my cousins would call scary, right? I was, I was scared of, of a lot of things. One thing I've never been afraid of is the risk of entrepreneurship. Never, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. I'm fearless. I'm fearless, and I always have been. But it's that's a testament to him and 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 seeing his his fearlessness. So. What's your your dream business that you would want to start? Ooh, dream! Wow. You know, I would think that something that <laughs> I think it's the same as a lot of people, except I, I look at it differently. Mm-hmm. So co- coffee shop, restaurant, okay, those sorts of things. And what and I look at it differently because here, here's how I look at it. Like, mm-hmm. I would like to have a coffee shop or a restaurant not to make money <laughs> because they're, they're super tough businesses to be successful in, mm-hmm. but as something for fun. Like, okay, I didn't need it to make money at it. It was just a place for me to hang out and go in and shake hands and hang and, and say hello to people, like, yeah. and be social. Like, that's, that would probably be, you'd say, my dream business. Mm-hmm. That would be the dream business. It's something mm-hmm. where, like that, where I get to come in and just hang out and, I'm, and not work. Other people, <laughs> so I guess I'd be, I guess to be an investor in something like that would be gotcha. really cool. Gotcha, gotcha. Okay, that makes sense. Uh, so leave us with one takeaway for the people that are watching for all the entrepreneurs and small businesses that we have uh, that are tuned in. Leave us with one takeaway. You know, the biggest thing that I've got for your audience is, first of all, make sure, make sure that you follow me on LinkedIn. Make sure that you check for business and bourbon. Right. And um, again, everything that we're doing is all about combating entrepreneur porn, period. So I know we've got a lot of entrepreneurs that are watching and business professionals. And, and, and let me be clear, entrepreneurship is not limited to people like me that are just all in entrepreneurship. No, you're an entrepreneur. If you want to be, entrepreneurship is about taking ownership, taking accountability for your life, for your work. That's what entrepreneurship is about. So the messages that I preach and the things I talk about are applicable to anyone that wants to be successful. You want to be successful, you have to take an entrepreneurial mindset. Take an you're at your job and you, you're given X amount of tools. Well, maybe those X amount of tools can't accomplish things at the level that you want you want to accomplish something. Well, what do you do? You sit and complain, oh man, I've only got these tools. I can't. No, go make it happen. Mm-hmm. Go out on your own. Get what you need to be successful. Right. So the what the takeaway what I want to leave people with is first, listen to the business of bourbon podcast. Okay, make sure that you're following me on social media and take an entrepreneurial mindset to your life. It's just all about taking control and being accountable. Mm. Don't be a a bystander, okay? Don't be a victim. Let's be a victor. Take an active role in your professional life and your personal life. Awesome, awesome. I love that. Well, tell people one more time where they can find you. LinkedIn, right? LinkedIn is where we do a lot of damage. So it's awesome. Ronnell, R-O-N-N-E-L-L, uh, Richards. You can follow me on Instagram. You can go you can Google me. Go to the, like, <laughs> a, like we told Jared when he, 
<laughs> so what was that? Was he giving you a resume? Because we couldn't really hear exactly what was happening. So yes. Okay. So um, yeah, he was um, ear hustling. <laughs> <laughs> okay, got you, got you. See, the right place, right time for him. Maybe we'll see. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, thanks again, Ronald, for joining me. I'd like to also My thank pleasure. everyone who is listening and still watching uh, this webinar. Um, this webinar was brought to you by Penji. We do un- on-demand graphic design for businesses, startups, marketing teams, agencies, and more. So check us out at penji.co for more information about that. Also, the webinar will be available on our website and also on our Facebook page as well, so that people can watch later. And I'll also tag Ronald's information in the description. So another thank you to my guest and to everyone else watching, have a safe and productive rest of your Tuesday.